0: Okay, John, I'm going to give you a heads up on a question that we're going to talk about in our next episode. Are you ready?
1: Okay, so me and the audience can have some time to think about this question, come up with a great answer, Exactly.
0: Great answers, okay? What was the
1: last hard thing you learned? Hmm. Okay, go ahead, give this some thought with me and tune in as we chat about it in our upcoming episode. All right, welcome to the Bible Story Podcast. A podcast aimed at helping you and us grow in a relationship with Jesus.
0: If you are new to the podcast, or if you're just not great with names, my name is Braden Pohoich. And over there, my host, my co host, John Draybert. The one uh, and only. That's me. Well, maybe not the one. There's probably other people with your name, but
1: I haven't met anybody with my exact name. Very few Drayberts out there in our world. Oh. Yeah. Uh, well, we both work at Summer Camp. We a do. On Pigeon Lake in Alberta, Canada. Yes. And fun
0: info, we have registration open. Woohoo! (laughs) Which means if you want to meet us in person, learn more about Jesus through summer camp or family camp or a staff role here, you can check out our website Mm www.covenantbay.ca.
1: We would love to welcome you here and just have a great time together. Exactly. Okay. So, John, Mm -hmm. uh, you've had many moons to think about the question (laughs) I asked you. So many moons.
0: (laughs) Um, Okay, so, well, what do you you think? What was the last
1: hard thing that you learned? Okay, first of all, Braden, this is a tough question. Second, not many moons for me or the audience, (laughs) but we'll do our best. It's Uh, a very tough question. It's supposed to be tough. Okay. Okay,
0: I think it fits well with where we see David in the
1: next few chapters. So I thought I'd put you on the spot. All right. Um, something that I've been learning recently, and this is not a new thing, uh, is the sim- simple fact. Uh, maybe it's not so simple, but <laughs> God, God is in control. You know, it, honestly, it seems to me that I'm that I'm constantly l- learning this lessons or being reminded of it and taught more about it. Now, I don't, honestly, Br- Br- Braden. I don't have much control of my own life, and mm. you've. You've witnessed that, uh, let al- let alone the whole world. Um, so things can get stressful um, when we try to gain control, or when I, um, or I, you know, where we could just rest in the fact that God is in control of, of everything and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is working things out for the good of those who love Him. So it's it's really hard to think to remember uh, and live by, especially when you know panic or depression sets in. Um, but. For me, I'm working at it. I'm learning those lessons again. And God seems to be pretty patient with me.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. It is a a tough lesson. And, you know, oftentimes those lessons make a lot more sense when we get to look back at them in hindsight.
1: And, uh, you know, honestly, I kind of see this a little bit in David, this lesson. You know, he kind of gets panicked and forgets that God is in control a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, we don't always see the lessons that we learn uh, from hindsight, right? Uh, as you are, pardon me. We do see them from hindsight. We do see them from <laughs> hindsight, like you just said. Uh, but we don't always see them like when in we're in foresight. the midst of it. It's, it's pretty hard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I do want to take a quick second. Mm. Well, maybe a few minutes. But I want to catch us up to where David is. There's a lot that's been going on and kind of where we are at in this um, There's a lot of fun stories. It's a lot of fun stories, and even though we're still in First Samuel chapter 21, we don't hear like a ton from Samuel in these lat in these later chapters. Nope. So it's good to remind us why we're still in Samuel. Yes. Okay. So David was becoming really trusted in the region, and even by Saul, who is still the current king. Uh, Saul was really actually appreciative of David's ability to play the liar and calm his restless spirit as. Saul becomes more and more kind of like restless and angry, and paranoid. yeah, it kind of
1: describes it like a tormenting spirit. Yeah, and by the way, we yes. learned that the lyre is a harp of sorts. A harp of sorts. We should Google it and take a take a look at what a lyre looks like. Hopefully, my name to, my picture doesn't come up.
0: I was gonna say it, <laughs> <that>, but you <laughs> jumped there before me. All right. Okay.
1: So David David has defeated a huge Philistine man uh, named Goliath, and he was. He was simply a young boy at that time. Yeah. So people were really starting to take note of David and his character. He was becoming pretty popular. Yeah. And we can't forget that Samuel, who is the prophet,
0: um, anointed David to be the next king, which is also kind of unknown to Saul.
1: So Saul doesn't know that David's been anointed to yes. that position. But he saw, Saul, and Saul's jealousy of David was growing. And yeah. Saul knew someone better would replace him, and he was constantly paramo- paranoid. Of who that might be. So he, he he's kind of going a little bit stir crazy with it all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He sees he sees David gaining in popularity and and probably assumes that it may be him, or he just plans to take everybody out who will ever be better than him.
1: <laughs> yeah, if I took everybody out better than me, I wouldn't have very many people around me. <laughs> no.
0: So in fact, it actually like comes to a boiling point where Saul is so paranoid that he throws a spear at David's head trying to kill him.
1: Yeah, which brings us to where we are in. 1 Samuel chapter 21 and 22.
0: Yes. So, okay. So we read about uh, David actually fleeing for his life in this chapter. He is scared that Saul will find him and kill him.
1: But also, I think there is an important part where we see David unsure of the promises of God, that God will take care of him.
0: Right. And and that he's been anointed king, but, you know, there's... uh, I mean, I, I... I agree with you David knew that he's been anointed king and he technically would have to survive in order for that to happen mm-hmm. so I don't think God would anoint him king and then have him die before that
1: Well you know he's got to survive and that it seems it seems as though he may be questioning the provision of God Right And and to be fair right like to be fair like he he is running for his life Yes Right so it's like Lord where in the world are you right now
0: yeah i I struggled with this chapter. I don't think David is being disobedient to God, right like i I don't think it's the same thing that we see have seen with Saul where Saul quite actively goes against what mm. God is saying, like there's a little bit of a comparison, yeah, I think. um David's fleeing uh and Jonathan, who is Saul's son
1: and David's best friend, and
0: David's best friend like told him to yeah. so there's you know, like, there's all this kind of in play, but it, it does seem like David struggles with trusting God yeah. fully.
1: Well, I think he is just really, really scared. Yeah. And he's very confused about this whole, really, I'm going to be king? Yeah. And and I'm not going to die here? Yeah, really? there wasn't
0: a lot of, like, explanation around the anointing. No. And, and And so we can assume that David probably didn't know fully what that would mean either. That's right. Okay, so all of this we see kind of these actions of fear. We see David kind of leading out of the fear rather than leading within his like trust of God. Now, we're also unfortunately going to see or as we continue reading, we see this teach David a really tough lesson on on the actions or or even really some of his sins that we see that they have really big consequences. Mm,
1: yeah, David is running by himself which mm-hmm. would have been abnormal at this time he was an army general. He would have ha- often had many men
0: and an army around him. Right. And if David was coming to your town, you would have assumed that he was coming on official business, basically mm-hmm. either to f- to fight or something dangerous. Yeah. So in this chapter, it also mentions a lot of people being terrified of David's presence. Yes. Uh, so, okay. So he found his way to Nob, an mm-hmm. interesting town name. Um, And he speaks to the priest by the name of Ahimelech. Ahimelech? Yeah.
1: Sounds like that is like I started saying a name and then I just sneezed. Ahimelech. I don't know. (laughs) Ahimelech came to David terrified. Most most likely hearing of the many men his army had killed. And even the story of David and Goliath. News like that, Braden, it travels fast. Even before social media. Yeah. And... The priest asked David why he's traveling alone.
0: He kind of catches on to that right away. However, we do see a really interesting response from David.
1: I think something that I would consider a lie. Yeah, it certainly seems like David is not telling the whole truth here. Like, he doesn't mention running for his life from Saul, who is still currently king. And he speaks of the men as if they are simply outside waiting for David to bring back bread, which is why he has stopped there here. Uh, David is you know David is asking for loaves of bread yeah so so he like he
0: runs into this church probably slightly frantic asking for bread and he is not forthcoming at all with the reason he's needing bread which would be to continue his journey probably because he's starving and been traveling for a while yes yeah so uh, the priest you know, knows that he doesn't have any regular bread um, that people would have brought by or whichever, but he does mention that he has holy bread. So bread that would have been given as a gift, right?
1: Yeah, it would have been uh, part of a offering to God. Yeah. Um, and so that would have made it holy. Yeah. So now there, here, there's an interesting thing here, and it's it's kind of complex. Um, in terms of the context. The priest who gives David the bread is breaking some some religious laws, but he hints at the fact that he follows the way of God and not simply or only the, quote-unquote, religious rules that have been set out historically.
0: Which I think, when I was reading about this, they would call those religious rules Levitical laws.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So this is kind of implying, like... David's not maybe telling the whole truth, but this, this priest is like, you know, maybe I'm, I trust you and I want to yeah. side with you. Yeah. Um.
0: And it seems as though the priest is following the promptings of God. Sure. Which, which is really interesting because David is having trouble trusting God in the provisions. Yes. And even in a lie is provided for. Yeah. So okay, it took me a long time to understand this point. To be fair, there's some
1: complexity.
0: There's behind some it. complexity, and it's all around bread. Of all the things, of all the things. So, it seems like like this bread isn't such a simple ask from David, especially when it's holy bread. Like, there's yeah. a lot of significance to the gift that this priest is giving.
1: Him. I, I think you're exactly right. David then asks if they have a sword right. at the tabernacle, and again, being dishonest, saying he is on order from the king right and he had to qu- be quick to his work and therefore left his sword at home which i kind of wonder if the ah- Ahimelech, the priest is like looking at him and like ah, i'm yeah. seeing through this a little <laughs> bit it doesn't say it doesn't say but and he's that's, like there's he's got to be he's got to be pretty wise to be the the priest right
0: yes exactly oh. and so the priest actually does have a sword that used to belong to Goliath which probably also responds to why the priest may have been terrified of David in the first place
1: it could have been right so
0: the priest has the sword that used to belong to Goliath which David actually ends up taking as his own
1: mm. no david used that sword to, to chop off goliath's head when they were in in the battle which is kind of a crazy moment yeah. for for david they're like i remember that story right yeah so he leaves the priest Ahimelech, and he never tells him the full truth. Like he's leaving quite a bit out, and 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 that being that he was traveling, that he was running from Saul, and in fact, at this point, it sounds like he was traveling alone. Right. Oh.
0: Okay. If you think that part is strange, so to be honest, um, with our viewers, audience, mm-hmm. listeners, sure. <laughs> um, if you think that part's weird, it gets wilder. And as I was reading this, I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to take from this. And then the second part comes up, and then I was like, I am really not sure what I'm supposed to take from this.
1: Yeah, it gets it gets weird.
0: Okay, so David heads to a Philistine city. That's the enemy. That's the enemy. That's, That's the enemy who of who Goliath was as a as a yep. citizen. Yep. Um and so had he he, he's kind of heading through a Philistine city. And he then pretends to be mad or crazy. It even says he has, like, dribble, like, spit up or spit on his beard.
1: Like, he goes there maybe looking for, to be like, I'm running for my life. I need to get as far away from Saul. Yeah. And then he realizes, oh, these people want to kill me too. Right. And so he's acting mad or, like, not in his right mind. Yeah. To, for his own protection? I think I think he's kind of acting like so. Um, people will keep
0: a safe distance. Like they right. they either won't recognize him or they'll just want to leave that guy
1: alone. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, it, right. He's the awkward guy in the crowd that nobody wants to be around.
0: Exactly, because imagine imagine the opposite, right? If he came in and and was as David, like as normal, David would have presented himself. Yes.
1: Yeah. So like picture this david the man who killed your best warrior goliath is heading to your town now carrying his sword goliaths sword yeah people would have been terrified right and extremely angry and if he's they saw him alone um they may have taken the opportunity to kill him yeah okay so again
0: david kind of seems to take matters into his own hands and puts on this act or this
1: this facade
0: madness yeah uh To become less recognizable,
1: yeah, and it doesn't seem like he is really trusting fully in the protection of God in this scenario. I mean, he never asks God if he should go to this Philistine city, right? Um, He's just kind of making this up as he goes. Um, He seems to be having trouble believing in the anointing of God at this time, which you know, uh, if I were him, I probably would too. Yeah, it seems like reasonable responses,
0: Mm -hmm. right? But he, it doesn't seem as though he's checking in with God. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but um, I mean, all these decisions David is making, you know, out of his own will, and and we're going to see that they have really heavy consequences. He's actually putting a lot of people in
1: harm's way. Saul is now following David, actively trying to find him and kill him. He Mm -hmm. comes across the priest Ahimelech, accusing the priest of conspiring against him. Now, he orders that priest, Ahimelech, to be killed.
0: Yeah. But again, it's hard for me to understand because the priest really wouldn't have known what was going on. Or at least, it doesn't give us a a, a clear answer either way. David never told him the whole truth, and so it doesn't seem like he was fully conspiring against
1: the king. You know, it kind of seems like he just didn't know. Right. Now, David's sin and actions indirectly and directly lead to the death of the priest at the hands of Saul Mm -hmm. and Saul actually even goes
0: as far to kill the entire family of that priest all except one boy who escapes and and kind of seeks out or finds David
1: yes this boy and David have an interaction in which I think David becomes aware of his own actions in sin
0: yeah I think I think this boy kind of brings with him this realization right of um while well, the news that this whole family's been killed that ahimelech had really i mean suffered death mm. um because of well, just david kind of stopping by there yeah um and so it really like it i think this moment probably hits th- david quite heavy
1: yeah so listen to this uh david said to Abathar, who is the son of Ahimelech, the priest. He's the one, the boy that escaped. That's right. I knew on that day when Doeg, the Edomite, was there, that he would surely tell Saul, I have occasioned the death of all the persons of your father's house. Stay with me and stay with me. Do not be afraid, for he who seeks my life seeks your life. With me, you shall be in safekeeping.
0: Man. What? What an interesting sentence! <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're on. Like he's saying to this boy. It says boy, so must have been relatively young. Mm-hmm. Like, well, someone's out to murder you, but they're also out to murder me. So yeah. <laughs> so let's Just, hang out together. Let's
1: hang out together. I'll do my best to keep you safe. Yeah. And he's he is taking responsibility of his poor decisions there, right?
0: Yeah, he is. He's saying at that at at you know I where it says I've occasioned the death or. Um, in I, a few I've other translations, it. yeah, yeah, I've caused, I've caused the death of the rest of your family, and so now I will protect you. Um, and and I I gotta say again, like I'm I'm struggling with this one. It, it doesn't seem like there's a lot to learn, or at least it doesn't seem like like David maybe learned all that much. Mm. I, I he realizes his actions at the end, but there's still a lot of people that died.
1: Yeah, I think I think our takeaway is, is simply that though. Our sin has consequences. But, <laughs> <laughs> I don't
0: know. But, okay, but then it sucks knowing that, that sometimes those consequences fall on other people. Like my sin, the consequences of my sin don't even always fall on
1: me. But absolutely. And I, I, I totally get that. Yeah. Which, our sin doesn't just affect us, which is maybe why we are told to confess our sins to one mm. another.
0: Man, I get that. Yeah. It's hard to sit with. It's not
1: it's not a pleasant thing.
0: Okay. But what about David then in terms of it, it seems like there is an issue with his heart going on. Like I don't want to fr- don't want to glaze over that point.
1: Right. Okay, so remember oftentimes in the Bible we need to keep we need to keep reading and learning the the a, a greater context of the story. Right. Um and sometimes it's like the story of God with people and in, in overall history, but I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> we just need to discover more context fully to right. get the understanding we want. Sometimes sometimes for, for people, it takes years of, of study and being like, oh,
0: then right. it clicks, right? Some of these context things are like really small details. Yep. And that takes a long time. Okay. Okay. So our sin has consequences. We'll yeah. leave it there today.
1: Precisely. But keep those thoughts about David's heart. Okay. Because we're definitely gonna dig more into that in the weeks to come. Growth tip time. Growth
0: tip time. As always, a growth tip is an opportunity for us to put into practice a way to, well, grow in a relationship with God.
1: Uh <laughs> uh Braden. Yeah. Uh, Do I have a great one for you today? This is going to be so much fun. Okay, that makes me really nervous.
0: You have your, like, fun voice on.
1: What? (laughs) Me?
0: Never. Okay, okay, just let me have it. What ridiculous but probably fun thing do you want all of
1: us to try this week? Okay, you you got me. Uh, Okay. But I do think it will be ridiculous. I do think it will be a lot of fun. Okay. We're going to just roll with it, okay? I think sometimes we forget... Radin, yep. the grandness of god hmm. which is just unbelievable i i can't really put it into words but anyway his mere size and wonder it's staggering yeah something like we see david doing in this chapter for forgetting the grandness of god yeah yeah right like he just he's living in the context of his fear and his mm-hmm. panic and, and he forgets that god's in control right yep. so I want you to go outside, preferably outside, but you could also do this around your house if it's not a nice day, and make yourself super small, super small. Try to see things from a bug's perspective. Lay on the ground and crawl through the grass or around the furniture. Uh, Take a new perspective. If you're an adult and you're like, oh, this is child's play, do it anyway Because uh, it's a good thing to do. Think about what it is like to be the size of an ant. Oh, man. Okay. Well, it sounds ridiculous, but it also kind of sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, It will be fun. (laughs) Uh, And I'm going to take pictures of you crawling on the grass with a little bit of snow on it because it's been kind of a cool week. It's cool. And I hope it reminds you and me and everyone else how big and awesome God is. Hmm. It's going to be a lot of fun. Ridiculous fun. Always. Yes.
0: Well, thank you all so much for joining us today. It is often fun on the podcast and certainly always ridiculous.
1: I couldn't agree more. So remember to reach out to us on Instagram at BibleStoryPod and send this episode to a friend if you have a chance. Yeah. Well, you all have a wonderful week.